good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and on today's episode, I have Camden from Detroit D Block. That's right. Uh, if you have not checked out D Block, you definitely have to, and you're going to be able to in about 20 seconds here. Uh, but before I get into the episode, I just want to hype this uh, EP that's coming out. It's called Do Not Cross. It's on Unbeaten Records. If you're listening to this on the 19th, it comes out tomorrow, and that's the reason why we're putting the episode out today. Uh, the song that I'm going to play first came out probably like six weeks ago. This song is uh, the title of the EP. It's called Do Not Cross, again on Unbeaten Records. Here it is, D-Block with Do Not Cross and my interview with Camden. Respect and you better give them their respect. Cause boy, 
If you is a disrespectful man, Detroit ain't the place for you. All right, you're on cool. Wasted Radio with me, Matt. I'm on with Camden from D Block. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. What's happening? Nothing much, man. Just uh tired. End of a very long day. <laughs> yeah, very I'm with you. Day. Yeah, you're with me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh how you doing tonight? Good, good. Just long day with the kids and running everywhere. That's awesome. I uh I really appreciate you making time for this. Um, for anybody listening, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure, dude. For sure. Um, anybody listening, uh, we have been like, I I've been talking to D block. I've been talking to Camden here for, um, a while, uh, about, you know, when to get you guys on the show and stuff like that, because I wanted to position it, um, when you had something like really cool coming up Yeah, um, for sure. and then you guys dropped, do not cross which blew me out of the water to be honest i mean this song is sick oh man um, thanks yeah dude and it's hard to believe uh that was march yeah it was it was i, I couldn't even t- i could have told you the exact date maybe a couple days ago but now that i'm on the spot i have no clue what the exact right? date I was. Think it was i i was just looking at it and i think it's like the 14th i should know because i was just looking at it but i forgot um but yeah, i think it was like right yeah like i think it was like march 14th but anyway though um it's crazy that, you know, I mean, I've listened to the song a ton of times. It kind of just is on my playlist. So I feel like it's, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, not so new, but then you have these other tracks that are coming with it. And it's just like, it's, it's hilarious to me how like a song like that, I think is really, really uh, a good and kind of like a timeless hardcore song. Um, it's just funny how it like, it feels old already and you have new stuff coming out. I was like, like I looked back and I was like, damn, it's been like, it hasn't been that long, but I've listened to that song like so many times now. Yeah. Honestly, the whole, uh, I mean, we've had the record recorded since like September of last year. So like I've listened to it probably about a thousand times now. So the whole (laughs) record to me feels old, but, uh, you know, yeah, dude, I'm sure I haven't heard it. So I'm sure. And, I can't wait to hear the rest of it, honestly, um, because I mean, obviously, the first thing that grabbed me was the cover art, which is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious, yeah, but it's good. It's it's really cool. Yeah, that was kind of the idea. Uh, my friend Lynch Cassidy from Detroit, he does a lot of uh, hit different hip hop cover arts and stuff like that. He uh, he hooked it up for that. And that was kind of the idea we gave him is, is like we want 90s No Limit Records style. Yeah, is <laughs> for for good, bad. If you love it, if you hate it, it you're gonna talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's gonna sure. be something that catches people's eyes, and you're gonna want to check it out. And maybe we'll catch a couple people that don't know anything about hardcore that think it's a rap album. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And so, um, let's talk about the album. Um, yeah. you is it an album or is it an EP? It's an EP, five songs. Okay. Um when or well you said you recorded it in september uh where did you guys go to record i think that's what it was uh we recorded it at uh you know matt Kerkis from the band citizen okay uh he recorded it at his studio he recorded the first ep as well uh but this one we actually took a little bit more time and uh we had played the songs live we'd we'd practiced them more uh with the first record we had never played any of that stuff live when we went into the studio so there was no kinks worked out uh this was more of a finely tuned machine that 
you know, went in there and actually had a plan. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I, I think that, um, I read that it was recorded at the same place, but I can tell that you guys, um, put a different amount of time into it. Destroy. That's not to take away from destroy, intimidate, eliminate. I think those sound great. But when I heard do not cross, I was like, okay, this is like definitely more time spent on production. Right. Yeah. And that's the addition of rich. He actually knows how to play guitar. He knows that what tones he likes when we, uh, recorded the first one, we recorded everything. Uh, and then right after we finished recording it, our guitar player that had wrote the guitar parts for the first EP, uh, quit the band. Like I'm saying like he recorded his parts and then on the way out the door of the studio quit. Wow. But then his his parts were unusable that he recorded. Okay. So Matt from Citizen went and re-recorded everything. Oh, okay. So it's him playing guitar and bass on the first EP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Rich came in on the next one and actually plays guitar, knows the you know, the tones that he wants. Yeah, for sure. And we I think we down tuned as well mm-hmm. on the new record. So it definitely sounds bigger. It sounds better more full mm-hmm. and i give yeah, a lot I would agree. yeah matt stepped it up too as far as production goes uh once I, the first one was kind of just like i don't want to say let's mess around you know what i mean mm-hmm. but we had no we didn't know where it was going to go if it was going to go anywhere right uh and he was just kind of doing it as as my friend you know and mm-hmm. then we uh when we started doing the second one we had already gotten a little bit of hype off the first ep we got so a lot of work in too. Yeah, yeah, sure. But there was a little bit more direction, a little bit more purpose. Uh, th- you know, we knew what we wanted, where we wanted to go with the second one, mm-hmm. as opposed to let's just try, try mess around and write a couple songs, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that the 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 distinction between the the first one and what I've heard so far of the second one um definitely is a more like a better focus on production um definitely it sounds like i I mean and and i don't know you know this guy's method in the studio or whatever but like um maybe spent more time mixing it or maybe mixed it differently um yeah but you know it sounds it definitely sounds higher quality and it's it's tight like you said you know it's precise yeah he definitely pushed this a lot more like like i said in this one because you know, there were parts when we were recording drums where mm. on the first record, it would have just been like, ah, that sounds all right. right. You know what I mean? But on this one, it was like, no, we're redoing that. We're, you know, it's mm. going to be perfect. And, you know, that yeah. honestly, that's, that's a lot of what Matt did for the record. He pushed everybody in the band. That's awesome. Um, so with the song, do not cross, I wanted to ask too, and this is kind of random. It's not, we'll get back to the album real quick, but I was just curious, is there a guest feature in that song yeah uh, uh mike ryan from the band missing link okay does uh the guest spot at the end he uh sings i believe he still sings for cdc as well yeah. that's sick. Uh, from rochester new york yeah yeah he uh he sounds real good yeah he absolutely killed it like he took it from like an all right song to like a great song yeah we got i i i, I have to beg to differ there i think that the uh beginning whole part um you know i i give it a little bit more credit i think it's a really strong uh song it repeats in the right places it's catchy the riffs are hard 
Uh, it has a nice bouncy rhythm to it. And then like when he comes in, uh, it like kind of takes it somewhere else. Yeah. You know yeah, I for mean? sure. Yeah, definitely. But I agree with you on everything except saying it's all right. I think it's a badass <laughs> song. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I mean, it, it is a good one. Um, and I look forward to that energy uh you know in the ep i think that that's kind of like an exciting direction for the band to go in um you know and and i also want to talk about like you guys did put in a good amount of work in the past what is it now i mean it's 2022 yeah, almost, so almost a year yeah well almost a year of playing shows mm-hmm. you know we played i i honestly couldn't tell you the first time we practiced because you know, we had, a, I don't know, I want to say a hundred, we had maybe say 20 practices yeah. with different guitar players before Rich and Matt joined the band. Uh, Matt's a bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, before they joined the band, we had maybe a dozen practices with other people. Mm-hmm. So once they joined the band, I think, I don't know, it's about a year since mm-hmm. they joined the band. And uh, with uh, everybody that you have right now, is this like you have a good rhythm and energy going now? Oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we've got obviously me, uh, doing vocals. We got, uh, Rich Ibarra playing guitar, uh, Matt Slawick playing bass. We just got a second guitar player, Lyric Chambers, who, uh, he plays bass for, uh, Enemy of God mm-hmm. and, uh, plays guitar in a band called High Alert. Okay. And then we just got a new drummer, uh, I guess it won't be a secret by the time this airs, uh, who it is. Uh, his name's Austin Peters. Mm-hmm. He's a really, really young kid from uh, this area. He does like the Detroit head check, uh, fanzine. Okay. Um, he plays in a, ba- a couple bands. He sings for a band called normal, which is like mm-hmm. a, kind of an in- indie band and, uh, plays guitar and sings for a band called no end in mind. Okay. But he's real active in the scene. Uh, phenomenal mm-hmm. drummer. He came in, he's a- added stuff to all the old songs. Everything's sounding great. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how some people have that ability to just be good at multiple things? Yeah, it, it's, it pisses me off. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm famously mediocre at about everything. Yeah, I feel but the same way, man. <laughs> there's people that are like, you know, they pick up a skateboard and can, you know, tear it up right away. They pick everywhere. up a guitar and they're great. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. Yeah, I feel you. It's, uh, it, it's all right. It's all right. There's space yeah. in the world for people like us. Yeah, yeah, I've made I've made quite the career of being mediocre. Now, I am um, uh, actually to to touch on your mediocrity. I think you're a really good front man. Oh, thank um, you. You're a really good presence, and uh, I think that man, I saw you guys at Four Ds. And it's, oh yeah, that's our first show ever. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, no. What was that? No, one? no, that no. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was that's show. the one I'm talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's tight in there. Yeah. You know, uh, Purgatory was playing too, and you guys were playing, and it got a little scary in there for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know? that place is, is is cool. Probably the shadiest bathroom I've ever pooped in. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of the bathroom, but. Yeah, I had to go up behind like the bowling alley area. Mm-hmm. And that was not, I'll never go back there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's an interesting place. But um, anyway, when I saw you guys there, um, it, it's crazy. Cause like some bands, you know, uh, they come out and it's easy to, I don't want to be, I don't want to like sound disrespectful or anything, but it's like easy to like not watch the front man because maybe he's not right. doing much or anything like that, you know? 
Right. Um, but you're how tall are you? Uh, six one. Yeah, like you're not gonna miss this guy. Like you have right. a huge stage presence, and you know you have this like you have big energy, man. Like you're like oh, thanks. You are like running back and forth and shit like that, like making me tired. Yeah, I think it's much to my detriment because I run out of breath so quickly. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it's got to be tough, you know. I've never fronted a hardcore band. I've only played guitar, so right. You have considerable more breath. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of my. uh, You know, I haven't done when I was a kid. I sang in a couple bands, but for at least shit, maybe ten years at least, I haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, getting back out there doing it, that was one of the things that I was super worried about. Was you know breath control and uh, uh, just standing there. And so I, what I would do is me and my daughter would go out into the garage and I jump, I put our record on and I just jump rope uh, oh, okay. and try to sing every song that what lasted about till our first show. And I haven't done it since, but, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely in my head where I'm like, damn it. I've been, I've been standing too long. Mm-hmm. Like, or like if I have to stop and get a drink, mm-hmm. it's like, damn, this looks stupid. Like everybody's, just watching me take a drink and then I have to stand up and do something. Um, do you do anything to practice now or warm up or anything, or do you just go out and slam it? No. So no, I absolutely don't, don't do anything. Uh, when I go, when we record me and Matt will do like vocal exercises and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and he sends me a bunch of stuff to do and I know that I should do it. I just, I get so wrapped up in like the social aspect of concerts and I'll end up talking. Oh yeah. And then all this, all of a sudden it's like, Oh fuck. Like we go on and, and you know, two minutes and I haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> I so, completely understand that. So then I do a couple pushups and, and then we're ready to go. There you go. Um, yeah, I, um, I've done vocals a bunch, like in the studio environment, but like, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I. I don't know if I feel dumb doing warm ups, or yeah, it's dumb. Like I know I should. Yeah, like it. It definitely serves its purpose, and I understand why. Yeah, but you never don't look stupid doing them. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I don't. I don't care if you're the greatest singer. You know what I mean? If you're if you're singing for Queen and doing yeah. them, you look you look stupid doing them. Right. But I mean, they are they are very beneficial. Yeah, for sure. Pretty much, I mean, you know, you played everywhere in the Northeast that you needed to play, you know. Yeah. So yeah, far, we've done right? a lot. Um, yeah, we still have a, sh- a short list of places we still want to go, but sure. Um, I just want to know, um, like, what parts you liked, what parts you still want to get to, um, you know, because like you guys were, <laughs> th- there was a minute there where like you guys did a lot of shows and you yeah. were all around, you know. Um, right. And I know that there's more of that to come, but yeah, I just like talking about that because I like getting different perspective on different areas and stuff like yes. that. Yes. So like one of the big places for me being super into is still uh, like the mid two thousands hardcore. I'm super into Boston hardcore, you know? Okay. So for me to be able to play, we played, uh, I think what the city was called, uh, I don't remember what it was called Hingham Hinghamton or something like that. Okay. Uh, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Boston. Uh, and to be able to play that and spend the day in Boston was, was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, the show was cool, uh, but just to be able to 
say that we played Boston, you know what I mean? Is, is, sure. it was pretty cool for us. Um, yeah, you know, we played, yeah, yeah. Expe- you know, especially for, I don't know, for all of us, we're all kind of old in the band, except for yeah. the two newer guys. And we grew up on, on Boston hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> but they, uh, I'm right there with you. I think we played, we played Pennsylvania almost as much as we played Michigan. Yeah. You did a lot of PA. Yeah, we played what Altoona twice. Our first show was in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty wild. Uh, Reading, we still I still want to play Philly. We still mm-hmm. haven't played Philly uh, proper. Okay. Uh, and and we played New York, but not the city. You play New get... Jersey? No, no. We've been asked a couple different times, but we haven't been able to make it work. Uh, we're working on a Long Island show right now, so okay. Hopefully we'll be we'll be there soon and we can knock that off the list. I actually went the other day and went and Googled like apps that track what states you've been to, you know? Yeah. And just started like knocking in all the states that we've played. And I think we got a good chunk of the Northeast done. Awesome. That's good, dude. That's really yeah. good. Um now uh what other bands have you been in? Um, well, really none that anybody would know. Okay. Uh I sang in like a metalcore band when I was in high school called The Machine Always Wins. Uh, that didn't do anything. That's a cool name. Yeah, man. It was like uh, <laughs> I still think it's it's cool. Uh, yeah, it's a cool name. My mom had had cancer when I was in high school, and, I, and me and my older brother were in the hospital with her, like reading through some kind of magazine. And there was like it was like a farming magazine, and there was like an ad that said like, "Remember, the machine always wins." And it was a picture of a guy like getting sucked up into a, a combine. Yeah. And we we're just like, yeah, that's, that's cool. And we just kind of <laughs> ran with works. it from there. And then, yeah. And then I did a couple like, I don't know, local hardcore bands that nobody, even my friends cared about. Yeah. And sure. then I did a band called struck out when I lived in North Carolina for a while. Okay. And then that did absolutely nothing. I think we, maybe did like one tour with a band called the death and a promise from St. Louis mm-hmm. and called that quits pretty quickly, okay. but that's about it. Okay. That's, that's a pretty uh, extensive history though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's all, I mean, I'm, I'm 36 years old and all that was like before I was 21 for sure. Oh, okay. So you haven't been in a band in a while. Yeah. Pro- well, probably at least, I mean, I've recorded stuff, right? Like I've done a few things here and there, but as far as playing shows, no, it's been a really long time. Dude, I'm the same. I haven't been in a band in like, I don't know, like five or six years now. Yeah. You got to get back at it. Yeah, I know. Like it's driving me crazy. Like I just, I don't know why. I mean, like I, if I forced myself, I could make the time to do it. Probably drummers. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Especially when you got Rocco and that's about it. Yeah. Well, I I know. And and Rocco's already torn between Bushido code and, uh, street truck like right plus he has his own hobbies in life so like how much you know how many yeah how many ways do you want to pull the poor guy exactly you know, he's an insane drummer but like um i don't know like anybody else that's in the area anyway that's like really like actively drumming or looking to you know start a band or anything we've yeah, it always around. seems to be the problem 
exactly it happens hey dude we have lots of music with fake drums we just need the real drummer to hop on them real drummers out exactly there if you're listening that, to me, honestly that's the way that we looked at it too with like when we did the first record is we were like we only had a guitar player who like i said quit the band as soon as he was out of the out of the studio door yeah and and a drummer and me and we just kind of figure we'll write it we'll record it and once people hear it if they like it then it'll be easier to get people yeah you, you know so that's why I've always looked at it. If, we, if you had to use fake drums, use fake drums, but mm-hmm. you know, get, get at least people listening to it. And then yeah, people yeah, will want to sure. play. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of cool too, with uh, the technology that we have now, we can just demo something and just send it to people, you know? Yeah. It's yep. that easy and you can do it quietly. Um, yes, you can. Quick. <laughs> Are you a guitar player? No, 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 no. no. Okay. I, I, I can like, I played uh, bass for Annie Up when oh. we played Altoona. No uh, shit. Yeah, with I'm trying to think who it was. Um, I don't know. It was at Pelly's. Okay. Uh, with I don't know some band from Baltimore, and I think I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Shit. But I can I can think. This was it a was while that, ago. You remember that girl that faked having cancer and then like took everybody's money and ran away? Oh gosh. Yeah. uh she's i think she was from erie she sang in a band with like derek and kyle yeah yeah i remember uh, the whole thing but she her band played there as well that night uh i don't know it doesn't really matter but uh so i could i could i can play i can get by enough to play a couple shows or whatever playing bass but For i'm sure. not i would yeah. never say that i can play right okay okay i understand i mean you played for Annie Up, so that's at least saying something. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I I playing it. I spent most of the time. Uh, I didn't have strap locks, so like every time I jumped, the strap would fall off. Mm-hmm. So I literally spent like eighty percent of the show trying to put the strap back on the guitar. So really, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that always happened to me when I was uh, playing live. I would like trip over my cable and like unplug my guitar do some stupid shit like that i still do it <laughs> like we played uh the never ending game record release for that what's the record called halos and wings or whatever oh yeah yeah in uh one of the song the lyrics in atlas complex is uh it says my sanity starts to slip and yeah. as soon as i said that i stepped on the mic cord and slipped and fell <laughs> and like it it's it sucked it was it was awful <laughs> that's awesome it, it, oh, that's hilarious. it did not seem that way at the time but yeah it's funny now <laughs> that's hilarious dude no i mean that that same kind of stuff always happened to me it just seemed like you know because like i would get into it and like jump around and stuff like that and then i would unplug my guitar and i'm like i don't get it like i see bands all the time that jump around and they don't unplug their shit <laughs> and i don't understand why it happens to me but it does right well i sat there when i played with Andy up i like you know, I did it. I, I thought I did it right. I took the time. I learned all the songs. I could play them all. Yeah. And then like, like I said, I jump and my guitar would come off and I wasn't playing and I'd watch the video and you couldn't tell if I was playing or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why the hell did I learn all the songs? I could have just stood up there and jumped around like an idiot and had more fun. Right. And nobody would have known the difference whatsoever. That's hilarious. Um, my friend Randy plays in this band called path of the flood. They're from Johnstown. And uh, I went and saw them not too long ago. And he does the, the like guitar spin 
that he like throws it around. Oh yeah. And then catches it, but he does a double Love that. And it like, okay. it goes around twice and I'm like, motherfucker, like, how do you do that? Like I would unplug my guitar my strap would come off. I would drop yeah. my guitar and break it. Like he just like, he made it look so easy. He just like spun it twice. I was like two times. Like he That's got an crazy. O out of me. Yeah. I remember practicing doing those. Like I'd go in my backyard and just yeah. take my bass when I was in high school, just throw it around too. my back. <laughs> I gave countless times. It would come unhitched and go <laughs> across the room or whatever, across the yard. Yeah. I'd be so, picking uh, grass out of the tuning knobs. <laughs> so what what disease do you have? What disease? <laughs> yeah, what are you coughing up over there, man? Uh, dude, I have no clue. I'm yeah. trying to block it so bad. <laughs> it's okay. Um, anybody that's listening, it's the change of the season. The guy has a cough. It's that's true. Um, yeah, and I no, got kids, so I can get I get double sick. I hear you, man. I my allergies have been driving me crazy um this yeah. year. I actually went to a doctor for it for the first time in like 10 years and they shoved this thing up my face. And yeah, fuck that. <laughs> no, yeah. But um, yeah, I had the cough. I had the cough last week. I think I had the cough last week. Might have been the yeah, week sucks. before. Yeah, man. There's nothing you can do about it. Well, it always comes at the most inopportune times, you know. Yeah, like I can hold it all day, and then the second I start doing an interview or whatever, is when <laughs> exactly. I start coughing. Exactly, and that's all right. Um, you know, and now every time you cough, everybody looks at you like you're going to kill them. So it's it happens, doesn't it, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it's weird how if you like sneeze in public now, like people look at you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, dude. Like, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> um okay so unbeaten records is who you're yes. working with um yes is, is unbeaten under equal vision yeah yeah okay. uh i'm not 100 percent sure on, on the relationship whatever it is but i know that like uh they handled all of the uh I, I don't know the distribution and stuff. I know they, oh, okay. they're the ones that have sent out all of our records. Uh, and I'm pretty sure buddy works with them as well, but okay. I'm not completely hundred percent sure on how it works, Okay, but it's but, definitely under the umbrella. Yeah. And unbeaten has worked with purgatory and left behind and you guys, obviously stigmata yep. all out war, uh, foreign hands. Like they've got a pretty cool, selection of bands to choose from you know yeah wrong move varials mm -hmm. yeah now yeah, we're a adding bunch of cool stuff to the lineup i mean or, i think it's varials. boundaries boundaries is boundaries, the band I'm picking up. yeah 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 big ups to unbeaten records for sure yeah they've discovered a lot of bands yeah definitely i want to say um, well who else orthodox too right orthodox and i think orthodox yeah i think he put uh, out unorthodox or blah, orthodox and maybe ch maybe chamber as well man i don't know i'd have to look that one up yeah but i mean yeah unbeaten records <laughs> yeah like, yeah it's not too bad no for sure um uh what got you into hardcore um well it's kind of i guess the same story a lot of people have i got an older brother okay uh that we we're into skateboarding and he got into uh, really into like skate punk and ska and uh, we had a cousin 
who's shit, maybe 10 years older than my older brother, who mm-hmm. was, you know, he's the guy that would come into Christmas with a mohawk and get made fun of by uh, all of our parents. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he would always go through our record collections and tell us what was trash and what was good. <laughs> uh, and then, so it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I was into new metal. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how I got into new metal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. My older brother was into punk. And I remember going to like record stores with my older brother and digging through like the compilations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming across Victory Style, uh, I think three maybe, in here in Haybury down there. Yeah. And it, it being like the perfect mix of everything I liked from like the skate punk genre and the new metal genre, just right in the center where it was, it was hard. It was fast. It was literally everything that I liked. Yeah. And from there, it was just kind of like, let me check out that one. Let me get this one. Now, uh, how old were you like around that time? Well, let's see. Probably. I don't know, seventh or eighth grade, maybe. Okay. What, like, what year would that be? Um, honestly, I'm so bad. I think it was in eighth grade in, I don't know, late, late 90s. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's probably like the best time you could possibly find hate breed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I can remember, I can remember when I found hate breed and, when I started also listening to new metal and it was the pledge of allegiance tour soundtrack disc that they gave out at the concert 2000. Hell yeah. Um, my, my, uh, cousin went to it and he brought the sampler home for me and it was like, uh, it was like hate breed and slipknot. And I mean, like you name your name, your metal <laughs> band of the time, like system of down and you know, all yeah. of those, and then like DMX <laughs> And then a bunch of, I, I can't remember. I'm going to look it up real quick. Dude, they used um, to have, uh, uh, it was a double disc. It was called the hard and the heavy. Okay. Do you ever have that one? The it was like one disc was called the hard. The other one was called the heavy. Uh, it had like machine head, uh, a band called one minute silence that I really liked. Uh, but then it had like ministry, Oh, you know, coal chamber, all kinds, all kinds of stuff on there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. I don't remember. No, I don't remember that compilation. Do you remember uh, short music for short people? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I brought that up to somebody not too long ago. And they didn't remember. I was like, that's like the most memorable compilation ever. You know, uh, I don't know if you fuck with that man Silverstein, but they did uh, a record and covered like five songs off that short music for short people. For real? Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I idea. know maybe they covered Sarah Fisher by uh, No Use for a Name. Uh-huh. And a, and a couple other ones because the whole concept of their album was short music too so they just threw a whole bunch of covers on there oh that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> i love that, that idea that that short music for short people isn't on streaming i don't believe uh there's playlists but it's not the exact thing anymore okay like i've i could be retarded and couldn't figure it out but i i i don't think it is on streaming I have no idea because I don't. It's great. Every song in that is is great. You can listen to hundred was hundred one songs. Yeah, and, and you get through it in like twenty minutes. Well, so the, um, I think that the album on CD was so long that the last, like, 
I don't know, like 10 songs were all like on one long oh, track. Oh, one track. Something. Yeah. Because yeah, the CD couldn't have that many tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so it had great. I think funny. Sick of It All was on it too, right? Sick of It All H2O. I think Sick of It All was too. I'm going to end up looking up this one too. I'll look up that one in a second. The one I've got in front yeah, of yeah. me is Pledge of Allegiance Tour. And it was Slipknot, System of a Down, Rammstein, Mudvayne, No One, American Head Charge, Hatebreed, Switched, 40 Below Summer, Slayer, Lifer, DMX, and then Flaw, Primer 55, and Speak No Evil. Dude, I love Primer 55. Dude, <laughs> there's a lot of good music on here. 40 Below Summer yeah, that's is not awesome. a bad band. I can't get into no. like, I can't get like deep into them. But <laughs> they have a couple songs that are just they really hit. Um, but yeah. Hatebreed, I mean, I would have been 11 and Hatebreed Conceived Through an Act of Violence was on there. Great I don't song. Think, yeah, dude, it was. And I don't think I heard the rest of the album for like a while later. And it might have been like two or three years. You know, I, I, I'm somewhat embarrassed to say this, but I've never seen Hatebreed. For real? Yeah. Dude, I've never seen Madball. I'm going to lose hard oh, really? points for that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I've tried to see Hatebreed so many times, but something always happens. For real. Like I went to, you, what was the DVD they put out? The Live Dominance or whatever? Yeah. Well, they filmed that at Harpo's in Detroit. And uh, I, I was go on my way to go to that show. And a friend called and said that Sick of It All was playing with the Warriors and uh, Dead Hearts. And That's awesome. Maybe with, I don't know, a couple other bands at the shelter. So we ended up going to that instead. And then it's something that's just always happened every single time. <laughs> that's, dude, I've seen Hatebreed. I honestly don't know how many times I've seen Hatebreed. And it's not like an obnoxious number. It's it's like six. But yeah. I, um, I saw them... Um, when I was really young and it was a great show. And then I saw them like, I've seen, I feel like I've seen them like throughout the eras of Hatebreed. Right. Like, I haven't, you know what I mean? It was cool. Um, but I like, by the time I had seen Hatebreed, they were already a big band. They were already right. a headlining band. Um, and if you're going to see them now, you got to go to this is hardcore. Cause like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to have to deal with the, the drunk metalhead fan. Oh, dude. You know what I mean? The, the nowadays fan of Hatebreed. It's going to uh, be weird because I haven't seen Hatebreed at like a non-metal show. Right. With no barrier. Yeah. So it's going to be crazy to see the This Is Hardcore crowd. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, Short music for short people. We're going to bounce back yeah. to that real quick because yeah. I pulled it up. Um, There's a lot of <laughs> bands that I don't know a lot of these bands that I was like, not crazy into this kind of punk. Let's see here. I just um, pulled it up as well. So I see fizzy bangers, which is a band that I have never heard of until this second. Yeah. I was um, going to say, I, I feel like I know probably 98 or eight of them, but the yeah. very first one, I don't know who they are. Um, less than Jake teen idols. Good right. Riddance, Living End, Bad Religion, High Standard, Nerf Herder, Big Wig. These are bands that I've like heard of, but I'm not necessarily into all of them. That uh, that Big Wig, uh, Evan from Wisdom and Chains, played bass for them for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, Big Wig was a really cool band. Yeah, great. 
um afi this is old afi um yeah there's blink 182 on there <laughs> no use for a name and green day lag wagon guar yeah it's literally like if you're into punk it has every every band you would ever want to listen to great compilation gutter mouth yeah, the descendants. descendants yeah dickies the offspring circle jerks it's crazy i um yeah. when i uh when i was like a younger teenager i think i had this on a burnt cd i did because it was um the uh cd didn't copy like it didn't have the entire thing or something like that i only had like 90 of the songs but um i think it was my cousin's boyfriend who like burnt me a copy of it or something yeah I just heard, yeah um short music for short people youth brigade <laughs> spaz Dude, it's such a, spaz is a great band spaz yeah. is a band i got into um no effects all seven seconds rancid black flag white flag anti-flag yeah, if your name has a flag in it, you're on that comp. Oh, Agnostic Front's on here. Yeah. I didn't know that. Ancient yeah, I think that was when they were on Epitaph. Okay. Huh. Taking me down memory lane here. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, supposed to be talking, but I'm too busy just, like, reading about this. This is neat. Um, And I kind of wish that more labels did compilations like this nowadays you know i mean i could imagine it's tough yeah like um because you know like to to do like a themed compilation or something like that you would be asking like a lot of the bands you know right yeah and and honestly like how do you there's no way to financially redeem any of that you now could put it is. on streaming yeah. or do what from within did and put out a record but you know, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the average person's not, you know what I mean? You're, you're checking out those comps because you know the bands. Yeah, exactly. Nobody's buying a comp anymore to find out about bands. Exactly. Dude, um, physical compilations are, are like kind of a lost art. The, uh, do yeah. you remember like you would go to a show and get handed some CDs or like, oh yeah, you know, it's we do. We tried to do that. When, so when D block first started, we uh, were talking with a few friends from around here and they had the idea to do like a compilation of all Michigan bands. Okay. And everybody's going to write and record an all new song for it. Mm. And that something happened. I don't know, but it went away and nobody's ever talked about doing it again. But even that I think is, is cool. You know, you come to a show in Detroit and you get somebody hands you a compilation disc of one song of every band, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think that, uh, it, like you mentioned, From Within uh, has done the best so far, yes. like, yeah. you know, in recent years, um, as far as coming up with a compilation. Um, I have a fast break compilation that is epic. Um, is that the one with, uh, uh, not Choose Your Weapon, what's the, uh, um, Shepherd, right? in shepherd's arms because i don't know i don't know if it's the one that i'm talking about I mean, is it the this is hardcore like 2014 one yeah the the summer sampler yeah with like lionheart in shepherd's arms lifeless shit here it is okay 
So yeah, lifeless, Lionheart, obviously wisdom and product of waste. Yeah. Which was like next level hardcore. Yeah, one of the most underrated bands. Dude. Um The Storm. Do you know about that band? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I they're from Syracuse. I used to live up there. Hell yeah. Dude, that band is so good. Yeah. I only got to see them once. Are they still a band? Uh, no, I don't think so. I've got a seven inch somewhere. Uh, the Storm yeah, Seven Inch. I have one too. Yeah. Um, Strength for a Reason, Through Cold Eyes, which is like one of the hardest songs. Yeah. Rock Bottom, Life's Bitch, which is one of the hardest songs. Fury yep. of Five, Every Man for Himself. Yeah. <laughs> These are like, and Dream by Lifeless. I'm reading it backwards, but like, what a compilation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I got that one, I think, handed to me too. That has it in Shepherd's Arms on it, right? Hold on. One the band in Shepherd's Arms? Yes. In the Hallows. Okay. Yeah. That's Mike from Bushido Code's old band. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it like the same members of his previous band? Oh, so that is uh, a pretty obvious Christian band. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of who was, who was in that. A guy named Mikey Mitchell uh-huh. played drums. Great drummer. Uh-huh. Uh I forget who the guitar player was. We recorded with their guitar player, an old band that I did, okay. uh, and recorded like obviously not Christian music with them. Mm-hmm. And he never called us back to finish the recording <laughs> after I did vocals. Like we ch- kept trying to get a hold of him to finish the songs, and he just stopped answering. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, if I I didn't know he was super religious, if I was, I probably would have not said what I said. Yeah, because it was a very like the song we recorded with him was very, very anti-religion. Mm-hmm. So it and, like so happened that was the anti-religion song. Yeah, and and then like <laughs> afterwards, I figured out that he was in all these Christian bands. Did you feel bad? Honestly, yeah, because like his kid was there too. <laughs> yeah, uh, like we recorded it in his living room, and his daughter was there like playing Nintendo while we were recording it, and. Yeah, I felt pretty terrible. <laughs> That's all right. You're forgiven. Yeah, of my sins. <laughs> You're forgiven. Um, man, that's really funny. You just confessed it though, so yeah, like yeah. Now I can get into heaven. Technically, you're in the clear. So right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, so what else is on the docket? What else do you guys have coming up? We have. I don't know if I'm, I don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. Okay. Uh, okay. If I'm being, as far as shows go. Okay. Uh, okay. We have some weekend runs planned. Uh, mm-hmm. We have some out of the country stuff planned. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, hopefully we'll be right. It's, it's weird, right? Cause like I said, we recorded the album in September and we're, so we've been sitting on these songs for so long, you know, mm-hmm. we haven't been able to play them. Cause we're, you know, we're trying to keep a little bit of a secret to these songs. Uh, I think we've played maybe honestly at this point, I think we've played four of the five songs live. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's to the point where we've been playing these songs over and over again. So hopefully we'll be 
starting to write here soon. Uh, myself and our bass player are having kids this summer. Uh, so one on the way. Yeah, I've got two here and one more on the way. And he's in the same situation. He's got two with one on the way. So you're about to be a real busy guy. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. But we're going to probably take that time to write a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, Hopefully we'll, I think we're going to start working on uh, full length. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped on it. So are you guys um, full on signed to unbeaten records? Yes. All right. I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if they were just like putting it, like putting your record out or if you were like, you know, they were now representing D block. Nope. D block and unbeaten together. That's awesome. So if you put an you're going to put an album out on unbeaten. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's awesome, dude. Um, yeah. Couldn't ask for a better label, but he's been amazing. Oh yeah. You're set up the unbeaten rules (laughs) yeah i'm Um, not mad about it at all that's really good i think that you guys are going to have a lot of success with that too um your tight live the recordings sound great um thank you i mean what i've heard so far you know right right but um the recordings sound great and i just think that you know you guys have this like not overproduced but you're produced you know what i mean like you sound yeah. like you sound like like you know big league like you're you're going for a big league sound um and i think that you guys hit it and i think you hit it well and you know that's why i'm so stoked on d block because i'm like this band's going places you know oh, like, man. i i definitely think that you at least have the potential and the you know the capacity to Right, right. And all of us are, are, you know, we've been around for a long time. So, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to do things right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a good job of it. I appreciate Um, it. Where's your favorite place that you've played so far? Oh, geez. Well, I have different, different categories, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as best show, uh, I think it have to be, uh, was it the winter jam okay. at, at reverb? Mm-hmm. Uh, just incredible. You know, the sound, the venue, everything. Chris runs a top notch establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was great. Cause it was our first time playing a fest. We didn't know what kind of reaction we'd get. If anybody would care, we were playing pretty early. I think we played third, uh, and got a great reaction. It was, you know, more than what we expected. Um, if you're talking food, I love purgatory. <laughs> so like playing in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. it was great. You know, preserving underground is an incredible venue as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, the purgatory is one of the best burgers I've ever had. Dog. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I mean, nothing you. beats playing at home. You know what I mean? Playing the sanctuary mm-hmm. is, is like, I don't know. It's like playing in, in our own basement. Mm-hmm. We're familiar with everybody there every crack every you know creak in the stage we know Mm -hmm. it's it's just home that's awesome nothing nothing beats that it's nice to have a place like that yeah it's Um, great were you ever at the lion's den here in altoona i don't know i don't it doesn't sound sound familiar 
no yeah that was our that was our place you know what i mean like yeah you know we knew every everything about that place like that was like the best place to have shows <laughs> right you know it, yeah it's good to have your spot um, yeah i think every city needs that it's important to developing a scene mm-hmm. absolutely you, know, you can have all the bands you want but if you don't have a place from to play locally mm-hmm. it, it it don't mean anything yeah a home um how many uh people come out to your shows out there in detroit honestly we we haven't had any real stinkers you know uh we played at a place called parts and labor in uh in um, melvindale i think is the city that it's in but uh it was on a monday night and it wasn't wasn't a great turnout Mm -hmm. but the people that were there, everybody moved. Uh, half the stage got ripped off while we were playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was great. But honestly, most of the time, we've played with nothing but bigger bands. I think probably the least uh, least attended show has been that uh, the Never Any Game record release show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just because that was when it was tons of things that happened that made that not as great as it should have been uh there's a snowstorm that was happening all day so a lot of people didn't drive out for it uh and then on top of that it was when covid was starting to spike again yeah so masks were mandatory and i think that kept a lot of people home even though i want to say on paper it sold out like everybody bought tickets but you know the the projected attendance didn't translate into actual attendance yeah and that was still, I mean, I don't know how many people were there. Maybe 120 paid. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, for, you know what I mean? For being one of the worst shows, it's, it's not bad. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, honestly, the scene here is super, like, if you can get a good show on, on a Saturday, mm-hmm. it most shows do pretty well. I ask this to everybody, but sure. um, what is your favorite part about hardcore? And what drew you in about hardcore? Man. I don't, yeah, it's a doozy. It, yeah, it's hard to say because, I, I mean, obviously things have changed throughout my whole life. Uh, immediately, I wanted to say the violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the, the, <laughs> the answer I'm supposed to say or not. Uh, but there's just something about the, the violence, you know, the controlled violence. People just. We call it therapy out of each other. Show. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> You know, just not caring. People getting hit, not caring. You know, just keep going. It's 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 great. You know, I had we played a show with that Bloodline Calligraphy a reunion show, and I had uh, a couple people that I work with that are like complete normies, never been to a hardcore show in their life. Probably, I'm trying to think how old they are, late forties, mid to late forties. Mm-hmm. Uh, came came to the show. And one of the guys comes up, he's a small, real small guy, maybe like, I don't know, five, six, something like that. And we're setting up, we're getting all of our stuff. We're doing sound check. And I look out in the crowd and he's standing like, I don't know, 15 feet back from the stage, dead center. Right. And like, if there was an X marked on the floor where it says, do not stand here, he was standing right, right, (laughs) right on that X. And I look out there and he's just giving me the thumbs up. And he had no clue what was going to happen. Uh-huh. He didn't know. What was, and, I, and I had this like mental 
uh, conversation with myself and I'm like, do I tell him to move or do I just let him find out? And maybe I'm an asshole, but I let him find out. <laughs> and I, we, we hit the first note and I remember looking back out to see if he was okay. And he was gone. He got swept away by everything. Yeah. And, you know, to him, it looks like everybody's pissed off at each other and everybody hates each other. But like, there's something about that. The, the, I don't know what you want to call it. The brotherhood, the, whatever, the controlled chaos. I, I just, I love it. Yeah. I can, I can completely sympathize with that view. Um, and, uh, how about, you know, going out on stage and you're fronting a hardcore band and you're bringing the energy, um, you know, what gets you pumped up? What gets you motivated? Who, I don't know. <laughs> uh, honestly, like it's weird. I always thought that it would be people. So we played our very first show, uh, or I won't say our first show because our first show was in Altoona, our very first Detroit show. And I really didn't know what to expect because when we played the Altoona show, it was all, it was a 21, it was everything that could have gone against a new hardcore band was against us that night. We played, it was a more predominantly metal show, right? It was the Bushido Code uh, record release show. Mm -hmm. So it was more of a metal that the uh, Watcher played, which is there in our our realm, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like us and a bunch of metal bands in a 21 and up club uh, with a, a like pseudo barrier and a bunch of metal heads watching us that, that, that typically aren't going to mosh for you. You know, mm-hmm. we did, we played, everything was good, uh, but we did a very little movement from the crowd at all. So then coming back home, it was like, okay, shit, like, what did we do wrong? You know what I mean? What can we do differently to make, make people move? Mm-hmm. And then when we started playing the first Detroit show, it was like first note hit and it was, it was great. You mm-hmm. know, people were singing along, people were killing each other. And it, it, that alone right there motivated me now chasing that dragon of like, I want that feeling now. I want, you know, I want to, every single show to be like that one where everywhere we play kids are singing songs. And luckily that, that has been the case, you know, we'll, we'll play North Carolina. And, and I think when we played North Carolina, we had a bigger pile on than any, any time we've ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just constantly seeing that, seeing people, I don't know if they relate to the words, what they do, but they connect to it. And that every single time, pumps me up plus it, it helps awesome. when when i like we talked about before where i'm like by the last song i'm out of breath you know i I, can't, I can barely even talk yeah and then having people singing along and taking the mic from me it definitely makes it easier on me because <laughs> now i don't you know what i mean i don't have to hold carry that whole part yeah that's hilarious dude um it's it's funny because like you are articulating something to me that like so many people have and just like i don't know it it like this whole podcast like makes me like grateful for hardcore and the experience of it because it's just it's there's so much passion just raw passion behind it it's like you know it's you really have to do this because you love it you know i 
yeah, to start a hardcore band at 35 years old, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with two kids, like, yeah, if you don't, if you're not doing it for money, you're not doing it for anything. It, it's simply because we love doing what we do. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, people love it too, dude. I was excited about D block. As soon as I saw you guys, like, um, coming out and put you, you put out the music. I ordered the hat. Oh, did you get the first one? Yes, I do. I have it. We keep getting hit up for, for people wanting to do a rerun of those. You did the white hat too, but I missed that. Yeah, we did. We, we did white. Uh, we did black, black ones first, then blue ones and then white ones. Yeah. It's okay. I got one of the OG hats. Well, you know, and I've always said where I'm like, I never want to reprint anything. Okay. Where it's like, yo, if you missed out that, that, that sucks. But like to the person that did get it, yeah. it's going to mean so much more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? No. Like, so, so if we play, uh, I don't know, say we play Altoona, right. Mm-hmm. And we do a shirt specifically for Altoona. Mm-hmm. We're never going to print that one again. Right. So like, if you, if you got one and you were at the show in Altoona, that's awesome. You're, you know what I mean? You're going to always know if, and if I see somebody wearing a shirt anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. I'll know exactly where they got that shirt. Yeah. You know, unless they got it at, uh, you know, second party, but like, I know that this shirt was for Altoona. This shirt was for Keystone. This shirt was for that. Yeah. And, um, uh, do so you, do you, do you make copies of stuff for yourself? Like, do you collect your own merch? Do you have oh, yeah. everything? Yeah. I've got one of everything. Yeah. That's sick. I think everybody in the band, well, it's, it's weird. Cause right. Cause it's the only people that have been really in the band since we've done had merch and played shows now is me rich and matt Mm -hmm. and i think i'm the only one that has everything Mm -hmm. because i think when we did the first hats nobody else wanted one Mm -hmm. so nobody else took one and i think maybe the first shirts maybe yeah they don't have but yeah i have i've got a whole bin of everything we've ever put out and i will continue everything we put out i'll I'll, I'll, I'll have it was just gonna be one day so i have i've got like this what i consider and my wife considers to be an enormous t-shirt collection Oh yeah, of everything from, you know, sizes, youth, large to three X, mm-hmm. uh, mainly, well, because I've been sizes youth, large through three X <laughs> and, uh, but my, my whole, I'll never sell anything. Uh, you know what I mean? I I've sold a couple things here and there, but like for the most part, I won't sell anything because I want my kids to have that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if, if my son or daughter or anybody is grows up and is into hardcore, I want them to have, you know, these, these relics. Yeah, man. Like for any wives out there that are listening lovingly and just don't understand the t-shirt collection thing. Right. Here it is, man. Hardcore, you know, and- hardcore t-shirts turn into relics. Yes. And not something that you just want to drop off at the thrift store or whatever. Yes. You know? Yeah. So my, my thought process, right, is I'm like, I want a D-block shirt, every shirt we've ever done, because eventually, like, I want my kids to be able to be like, hey, my dad was pretty cool one time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, he, he did this thing, and, and here's the proof that he did it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, the same thing, like, with the record. Like, I've always, I know the CDs don't sell very well. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people mess with CDs, but there's always, I want, want physical copies of our, our music. Right. Cause I want, you know, my kids, when, you know, if I'm gone or whatever, them to have that and be like, yo, this is, 
this is something that my dad did you know this is his yeah. voice this is you know a picture of him in the record you know and dude, they can we, show their kids and yeah dude like i we we made that happen with my last band like when we were like about done i was like let's just make an album like that we can yeah. hold because everything else was cdrs and shit like that yep yeah i've never had anything uh physical yeah. uh, any music i've ever done we did i think destroy intimidate eliminate we put out on tape with mentally vexed uh records out in uh, the uk mm-hmm. and that's the first thing i've ever had as far as physical goes for any band I've ever done. And do not cross is going to get pressed to vinyl, right? Yes. Yep. See, like that's the coolest thing ever to me because like, it's like the big leagues. Like, I don't, I don't care what label you're on or whatever. Like if your music's pressed to vinyl, that's sick because it's about as permanent as you can make it. Correct. Yeah. And it's big. It's like, it's like a piece of art. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and like nothing is permanent, but if you're making music, and you record it at a high quality and put it onto vinyl, like you're making it, I would, I would say about as permanent as you can right? without yeah, like, like etching it into a stone. It, it might sound corny and I, I I'm going to say this, but I don't really believe it. Cause obviously I, I want people to buy the record, right? I want, yeah. you know, but if nobody did, mm-hmm. I, I, I would be okay with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause, cause I, I have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I you need to hold it in your hand. Thing. Right. I can hold it. I can open it. I can show people like mm-hmm. I did this, you know, dude, I so, understand. Uh-huh. it. I understand it. I mean, like I have so much music that like I've done nothing with and right. I have like recorded stuff and I have like different ideas for different projects and I'll like get an idea for a project and I'll like, you know, take a weekend and record three songs, like three hardcore songs or whatever. Yeah. You know? And just like shit that I'm jamming out and whatever. And over a couple of weeks, like turn it into something, record it and then do nothing. Right. Yeah. Just <laughs> on your hard drive. That's exactly it. Like it, I, I do nothing with it. And I mean, one of these times I probably will, but um. I can appreciate what you're trying to say about like, you know, having something that you made that you did that you can be proud of that you can pass down, especially pass down to your kids because I got to give my son a CD of my old band that like, you know, it's just, it's a neat thing to do. It's a neat thing. Like it's a neat part of yourself to share um, with your kids, you know, and that's kind of like, there's a lot more of that um, in hardcore now like oh yeah for sure especially with us being older yeah like fatherhood and motherhood are like cool things to do you know you know it's like we have there's a lot of people that like our band you know yeah but nobody likes us more than my kids and matt's kids no doubt dude. like when our when our uh when do not cross came out we were on our way to I don't know if we were on our way or we were actually in Boston at the time had been on the way, but anyway, uh, April, his wife would like call us and kept telling us that his son was calling all his friends and telling them that his dad was on Spotify and all this <laughs> stuff. So awesome. like, you know, our, our, our kids are our biggest fans for sure. Dude, that's sick. That's the, that's gotta be the best thing ever. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, 
I uh, I want to do something similar, man. I, I I'm just <laughs> like you're like uh, you're like living out like what I want to do. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that before. So you are though, in a way. I mean, like here's the thing. This is why I have an appreciation for for like you know guys like you and, and hardcore bands and stuff. You know, like it like it's not easy to fit it in, but you make it. Happen. No, you know what I mean. And this is like we got. I I. Like if I, if I'm going to do something, I throw myself into it and I dedicate to it, but I expect everybody else to as well, Correct. You know, which is not asking much, <laughs> but, yeah. but, um, it is hard to find reliable people. I mean, that's just the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and, and like, you can't, I mean, I'll give all cre- credit to, to my wife and Matt's wife as well. Cause like yeah. how many times when we're gone, they're taking care of the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. And like for us to sit here and like, we're, I, I mean, I guess it's not, we're working on Europe right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 days. Mm-hmm. And for us to be gone for 10 days is, is 10 days of our wives having to take care of three kids each. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's not easy on them at all. So Dude, like, for I them feel to bad when I leave for an evening to go to a show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, it's so much work for them, and the fact that we're able to do that and they yeah. support it is is incredible. And you couldn't oh, ask yeah. for anything better. That's awesome. It sounds like you guys have a good support system. Which oh is yeah, awesome. for sure. Yeah, I mean, I know that D Block in the scene has a good support system too. I mean, people show up. Yeah, D Block. Yeah, it's not bad. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's wild. Way beyond anything I ever would have thought. For real. Oh, for sure. Like, I remember when we first started the band being like, well, if I, if a couple of my friends like it, it'll be, I'll be okay with it. You know what I mean? If I could play one local show and just have fun. Yeah. That'd be cool. And then like now seeing, you know, uh, I, I get some people like at LDB fast mm-hmm. and be like, dude, there's a ton of people wearing D block merch here. Hell yeah. It's like, wow. That's, that's, that means so much, you know? Yeah. You get love from like metalheads and shit too. We haven't played a lot of like those shows. When we played that Altoona show with the Bushido Code release, was probably about the most metal show we've played, and we sold a ton of merch. Okay, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't gonna say the, I was gonna say the most merch we've ever sold, but it probably isn't even top five. But we sold it way more than we expected to sell. Because we had, uh, and I think a lot of that was metalheads, but mm-hmm. like we had, I don't know how many we ordered, but we played Altoona had a day off and then played Detroit the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, we have enough merch to, you know, to last us until the next, you know, we can knock out both these shows with the amount of merch that we have. And we sold out of almost everything in Altoona oh. and had, had to call uh, Jimmy at Edgeman. Mm-hmm. And have he he told us beforehand? He's like, hey, if you need new stuff, text me as soon as you find out what you need. I'll have it printed and I'll have it to you by the show. Nice. And and I called him right when we left Altoona, and he had it waiting for us at at the show in Detroit, and we sold out of everything in Detroit as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So so I don't know that there's been a lot of crossover so far to answer your mm-hmm. question, mm-hmm. but the one chance that there could have been, we 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 did pretty well as far as merch goes. Yeah. I just, the only reason I say that is, um, you know, there's a lot of metal influence in D block. 
Yes. You know, I yes. think that it would be uh I think that I think that it would do great in the metal scene too. Like, you know, you're a hardcore band, so you're gonna play hardcore shows and support the scene. I get that, but I I also think, you know, any metalheads listening, <laughs> you know, check this band out. There's something there for you. Yeah, I'm trying to walk that hate breed fence. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, why not? It's good music. All right. So we're going to, I'm going to wrap it up. I think, I think we covered cool. just about everything. Um, here is uh, basically your plug, your part for plugs or anything. Um, where can people find you and what do you want to plug? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess you can find us on Instagram at, uh, I think it's D block underscore hardcore uh, Facebook. You just search D block hardcore uh, myself, uh, big Camden style two, three, five on Instagram. Um, I guess check, you know, check out the new record on unbeaten records comes out May 20th. Um, you support Detroit hardcore, um, enemy of God, big deal. Uh, no end in mind. That new enemy of God is nasty. It's good. It's really good. Uh, this band called doubt it. That's really good. If you're into like uh three eleven or like yeah, early I played uh, them on the style. last music show, dude, that's, that's good. That's our, our old guitar player plays guitar oh, for, for them. Okay. Yeah. Very, very good band up and coming. Uh, it's John, the bass player for Annie up as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Check out Detroit, uh, head check podcast and, uh, they have a zine as well. Okay. A lot of, a lot of really cool stuff. We got that tie down fest coming up on, uh, was it July 11th? With like Comeback Kid, uh, Fiddlehead, Trash Talk. I didn't so, know I about think, that. Wealth God's that? Hate is playing it in Detroit. Wow. That's awesome. That's a great line. Yeah, it's great. I'm trying to think of who else on it. God's Hate, Section Hate. Uh, Section Hate is a band know. that I can't stop listening to when I'm at the gym. They're so good. That song, <laughs> what's that song? Roaches? Yeah. Dude, everything yeah. Mike has done is is incredible. Like I, I'm a fa- firm believer that there's not a lot of bands better than Furious Styles. Yeah, yeah, Furious Styles is a great band. So, um, yeah, everything he's done has been incredible. Do you lift? <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. But like, um, is uh, Section Hate not the perfect music? Dude. All right, so so I don't know if this is gonna make me sound cool or not. I don't listen to a lot of music when I work out. For real. I can't Dude, honestly without listening to music. I, li- I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Oh, okay. And so like and not like good audiobooks either. Like I listen to I mean I I think they're good, right? Like I listen to Harry Potter. Okay. Uh and like the <laughs> what awesome. is it? The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, those series. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it takes a little bit to get into it and, and like it's weird because it's Swedish. It's like translated from Swedish. So like a lot of the names are hard to follow. Like I'm I'm stupid. So like <laughs> if they're not names like Mark and John, I'm not really paying it. I can't follow them at all. Mm-hmm. But it's good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I listen to podcasts sometimes, but like I lose my energy if I like I need something that like gives me a reaction. I end up listening to the same things a lot. Yeah, yeah. You have your tried and true stuff. Uh, Donnie Brook, Lions in this game. Um, Dude, yes. Anything with tempo changes? Yes. Is, um, it is great. Code Orange Forever. Um, man, Despised Icon, but I don't know what the album is called. 
which is terrible. Somebody's screaming at me right now. Um. Anyway, yeah, there's a few. Uh, uh, the acacia strain is another. Yeah. One. Um, it just gets the job done. But uh, no, I can't do it without listening to music. I don't know how you do it with the uh, audiobooks. Well, you know, so this is kind of a stupid story, I guess. But like, I used to work out at this place called Anytime Fitness in St. Clair Shores. And they, uh, the owner is a guy named Dallas. And he's like the most over-the-top friendly guy in the world. Like, he's mm-hmm. great. Uh, they came to a D-Block show one time. And like, they support us. Uh, we actually, if you read like the notes on the new record we thank them on the new record mm-hmm. but they uh at one time i was in there just kind of lifting weights and he started talking to me and i hate when people talk to me at the gym uh if i have headphones in you know because i gotta keep taking them out putting them back in taking them out putting them back in and he talked to me like a hundred times you know and i'm like not annoyed but you know what i'm saying like i'm just kind of like okay i'm yeah i'm trying to listen to a podcast and i keep having to pause it and finally i'm like you know what? i'm just gonna put on like daily mix one you know, on Spotify in, yeah. uh, so he finally comes over. He's like, Hey man, what are you listening to? And it's, like I said, it's a po- it's a playlist. So it's nothing. I didn't pick anything. Right. So I'd like, okay, let me see what it is. You know And I'm like? Well, right now I'm, I said, I'm listening to a playlist, but like right now it's a band called Kublacan. And he's like, okay, cool. And then he like goes into his office and types in Kublacan into the, into like the Spotify that's connected to like the whole gym speakers. <laughs> and then like and at the time it's like me and him and maybe like two old people in there mm-hmm. and he puts on like Kublai Khan radio and I I like Kublai Khan but I don't really vibe with Kublai Khan radio because it, it takes some weird weird like turns here and there you know because yeah. you know they'll they'll play with terror and then they'll play with some weird metalcore band that yeah. I, I I don't vibe with and so he turns this on and like loud and I'm like, okay, this is, this is painfully awkward now. Cause like, but then people start coming in now it's like noon or something like that. So it's getting busy and he has this radio station, like loud as hell. And it's playing some like wacky, like screamo stuff, stuff that I don't like whatsoever. <laughs> and he, and like, I'm the only one in the gym with tattoos. So everybody's just assuming that, I put this on, you know, and I'm just like embarrassed. I, I worked out as fast as I've ever worked out before and just like walked out. Cause I'm like, I, 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 the I, headphones I, back in. No, I felt so bad. Cause he, <laughs> he like was trying to be so nice and like, you know what I mean? Put this music he got on you. He chapped yeah. you. Dude. I'm just like this. Fuck. This is fucking weird. Did he like but talk then to we, you more once your headphones were out? No, that's what sucks too. Is like, <laughs> He literally like went. He's a personal trainer, so he went and like trained somebody and didn't even acknowledge me the rest of the time with the music. Yeah, and I'm just like, dude, this fucking sucks. And uh, but we went. It was the gym was like a block from my old house, and when we played with uh, uh, like Shattered Realm and Missing Link Mm -hmm. and uh, Raw Life and a couple other bands, we all played in Detroit. And so everybody met at my house and we had like a cookout and stuff and like missing link practice in my basement to get ready for the show. Mm-hmm. But while they were practicing, we, a bunch of us went to the gym. So it's like a whole bunch of like big tattooed guys. Mm-hmm. And we all went in there and we're working out in like the owner's wife, uh, who again, super, super nice girl. Uh, 
was like, we're like working out. And she's like, Hey, do you guys mind if I take a picture of you? And we're like, Oh, okay. Like that's kind of, kind of weird, but like, I don't, I don't care, but like, let me ask, make sure everybody else is cool with it. You know? Yeah. So we all were like, all right, we don't, we don't care. Go ahead and take a picture. So they took a picture of us and posted it on their Instagram for like the, the anytime fitness Instagram account. Okay. And like, so it's, it's like me, Mike from missing link, uh, uh, Matt from citizen and like a couple other friends and they post this picture and like in the comments, there's like all these old women talking about how they, they, they wouldn't mind us training them and stuff like that. And like <laughs> just being like overtly sexual with the picture. It's like, damn, like I, I, I didn't know you could do that still. Like still got it. <laughs> yeah. I was all right. That's hilarious. Dude. My gym is we, we picked the most off the map gym that we could, because like, I don't like, really working or working out around other people yeah me neither i just like to go in and focus and other people like distract me i'm a talker so um but the gym we go to is like literally falling apart like yeah like it's 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 got the weights that rip into your hands yeah yeah like it's like there's parts of the gym that that even i am like okay like you should fix this <laughs> like Dude, i mean it's i love rough. that <laughs> it's rough at one time it was a nice place but it's rough um but i mean i like that and there's you know there's not very many people there's a lot of old people and for the most yeah. part they just leave you alone um yep. you know a lot of the old guys like to talk they like to bullshit you know, I will say that one of the best, uh, I don't know, I'll say show experiences that we've ever had was that that 4Ds show in mm-hmm. Altoona. Because, like, there was, like, a green room area there. Oh, yeah. And Gary, Gary you know, Gary Ray, obviously, uh, he had all his weights in that green room. Sure. So, like, we just, like, hung out all day and, and got to work out. And it was, it was great. That's so, crazy. now, like if there's ever any kind of situation where people are like, what do you want at the show for you guys? It's like, wait, <laughs> a wait set duh. Or, or at least some kind of gym. Yeah, dude. Um, he set the bar too high for us. Of course. Treated like royalty. Yeah. <laughs>